0: you're listening to the pkj and yahweh podcast where i take the supernatural world around us connect it to complicated biblical theology and then try and make it simple for everyone to gain revelation if you're new to this podcast and would like more information please go follow me on instagram at kevin.scott.johnson and now time for another episode from our apologetic series Hey, good to see you. Welcome back. I hope you guys can see me, uh, you know, at least with your ears. I don't know how you can see with ears. That's amazing. But uh, anyways, whatever. Uh, Jumping back in today on uh, another question here, a good one. I, I think it's really important today for us to understand is really, how did we get the biblical canon that we have today? And can we trust that it's truly the word of God? I mean, really, like, how do we know that, these books that were written thousands of years ago are still accurate for today. They're not just a temporary relevancy, you know. And and, and really address this topic because that, that's that's an obstacle that a lot of us might face from time to time. Is like, oh, you still believe that book that 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 was written to people group from thousands of years ago? Like, man, like I can't believe you're still holding on to those holding on to that stuff. Like that's whack. And so, I really want to encourage um, somebody today uh, with with just some tools on how you can actually trust. Uh, the the canonicity as that word is is said uh, of the word of God that it that is good for measuring your life it's good for and and it really transcends time and and it's not just a time stamp but it really is eternal uh, the eternal living word of God but with that it's kind of like when you think about the foot I know like feet it's kind of a gross thing to think about but feet how do we how do we know that the Bible is infallible and never wrong or inerrant or even the only tool to measure your whole life by? Well, how do you know 12 inches is a foot? Come on, one foot was originally determined by uh, an actual foot of a Roman emperor. Do you know that? In England, the first inch was officially determined to be the width of an average grown man's thumb. Yeah, and King Henry I determined the official measurement of a foot uh, based on his royal booted foot. Okay, whatever my booted foot equals the foot, the measurement of a foot that we will build everything by. And we, like, that's <laughs> pretty awesome. In fact, in uh, prior to King Henry, the official measurement of a foot was the length of a ruling of the ruling monarch's forearm. In 19, uh, sorry, 1795, France alone had uh, over 700 Different measurements boasting different methods in nearly every industry wow talk about confusing oh you're a plumber that's not gonna work over here oh you're a plumber with uh jim's plumbing well that doesn't work for john's plumbing like i mean come on that is insane if measurement for thousands of years had no universal standards, it's no wonder that it wasn't until the late uh, 18th century when measurement became standard that we began to see major industrial progress beginning between 1760 and 1840, historically known as the Industrial Revolution, and really a big piece of that was just the fact that we simply agreed that an inch is an inch or a centimeter is a centimeter, you know, like I, I don't know when uh, the metric or standard had their, had their debate. But anyways, uh, wherever side you land on the planet here, whether you measure by metric or standard, um, it uh, doesn't matter. It's irrelevant today, but really we can thank the industrial revolution, um, for happening because of, measurement how crazy so so how does this apply to the word of god well i mean the word canon literally means like reed or rod it's a measuring tool and and we want to use it to measure our life to of how we might live how we might be how we might have success it's a manual for life now yes it doesn't say wake up eat breakfast like there's things in that 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 come with life but as far as the fundamentals it's really uh useful and universal precise universal and accurate tools of measurement are essential for growth productivity and the development of society in general you see ruler measuring cup temperature volume weight scales etc all essential i mean unless you're uh you know martha stewart and you can just bake cookies you know by by just throwing things into a bowl boom done Anyhow, but bridges they'll collapse if it's if it's too heavy or built wrong. Proper adherence to the measurements and their capacity can sustain life or take life if not respected. We, over here in Washington, we have a, a famous bridge known as the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, and um, in fact, underneath that bridge, uh, man, I should talk to blurry creatures about this sometime or something. You know their podcast, but uh, the, underneath the Tacoma Narrows Bridge exists and dwells the largest species of squid in the world right here in the pacific northwest uh and it's kind of kind of cool you know i mean like wow like there's a megalithic squid underneath the tacoma narrows bridge now what's also terrifying about that if it wasn't terrifying enough is is that during a, an earthquake i don't know the date don't have in front of me there was an earthquake that shook one side and the other side and the bridge was not built in to the capacity to sustain that, and there's videos of this bridge literally wobbling back and forth like 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 a, a kid's play toy. Like you're just st- stretching it back and forth, and it looks like like water, like waves, but it's a bridge, hundreds of feet above the water, above the deadly squid, and this thing is just. Waving back and forth, you see people leaving their cars and running out of their cars and running to the to the sides and like forget their car, I'm out of here. And man, it was crazy because I mean the bridge did ultimately collapse and it was it was sad, you know. Um, uh, and yeah, but with that measurement is important and our adherence to these measurements, both weight calculations, all this stuff, it can either sustain life or take it if it's not respected. So, what is the measurement of our life? That's the Bible. couple points i want to help you with to understand of uh that the biblical canon and why is it so important for us today um where did we find the original bible That'd be important. Uh, you know, did we find it on, you know, Paul's bookshelf in his home when it was unearthed? And, uh, you know, we're like, oh, here's the original King James version Paul walked around with. <laughs> uh, yeah, I preach the same version that Paul preached from the King James. Amen. All right. Uh, or and also how many books are like it, um, as well as how do we know these are the only Inspired books. Well, first of all, where do we find the original Bible? Like I said, was it sitting on a shelf uh, of some church somewhere? And like, ah, oh, finally, the sacred text. You know, <laughs> uh, insert Star Wars meme. You know. Uh, anyway, but it's actually, if you didn't already know this, uh, it's comprised of 66 different books. It's not a single piece. It is now, as we bound as we bound it together into the Holy Bible, um, but it consists of 66 different books and or letters which are uh, a lot which we found a lot of evidence and truth um, confirming these books that that were comprised over the years in the late 1940s when we discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls along the along with other uh, at in in Qumran along with lots of other texts which was amazing we've got tons of confirmation about uh, the word of God because we had all 66 books prior from uh being passed down generation to generation, and it being bound together, uh, I can go into more of that, and I will in a little bit here. But the Dead Sea Scrolls were so paramount uh, to to the Word of God. It's not that it added another book of John, like we didn't get Third John because of that. But the reality is, it was it it, it was found in nineteen late nineteen forties in Qumran, and in, in some some shepherds found it up in a cave, and there was just this wealth of texts that that were just. Um, and scrolls and there's it was even like a, a bronze scroll like that was supposedly a treasure map Hey, that'd be kind of cool. And they're like, oh, it's probably mythic and lore and like hmm, maybe <laughs> but I mean if you could calculate up the wealth that that bronze map led you to I think it was some some insane uh, Tons like metric tons of gold metric tons of silver and other precious things. I was like man, uh, why are we not following that? Maybe someone did. Anyway, but these scrolls, uh, what they did is we were able to put together uh, huge portions, entire portions of the, of the scripture that we had. Obviously, we had the Bible in the 40s, uh, all 66 books. And we found that now these texts predated our previously oldest texts that we had on hand to develop the word of God that we have now by almost 2,000 years. And that's cool and all. But what was most Inspiring. Not only that, we now have the old, some of the oldest manuscripts uh, and and scrolls of the Word of God now, but they also were like letter for letter, word for word, thought for thought, accurate to the text that we've been using to write our Bible two thousand years later. uh, That that are dated two thousand years later. So that's incredible that we can go all the way back and see that the Word remained un. Changed for two for during a gap of two thousand years, wow! That is that is some stewardship of the word. So, but how many books are out there like it? Why only sixty six of them got qualified? Was that all there was? Uh, w- well, you know, there's other Second Temple writings from Jesus's time as well, um, as well as from Jesus' time that that. Um, you know, are included in our Bible, but there's other ones that weren't. We, we've got, uh example, Maccabees. It's not in the 66 book. Enoch, uh, the book of Enoch 1, 2, and 3. we got Jubilees. We've got the Qumran uh, roar scrolls and other letters that Paul wrote, as well as um, another letter. I believe it was the epistle of, um, gosh, what was his name? Uh might have been oh, the epistle of Onesimus. I don't know. Uh, I can't recall off the top of my head. I didn't have it in my note here, but Lots of different books, right? But so why why aren't those in, in, involved? Especially the Book of Enoch. It's like, why is it not? Well, actually, in Ethiopia, uh, where the oldest uh, document, oldest scroll of the Book of Enoch, um, they, it exists and comes from. And they actually, if you go to Ethiopia and you get a Ethiopian Bible, you'll actually have the Book of Enoch. I think at least one Enoch present in their canon 66 six, would be 67 books so kind of interesting but 44 of these books that are referenced in the bible uh 44 other books are referenced in the bible but not determined as scripture so you have like the book of uh jude that actually references you know enoch and, and among others that are referenced but they're they're scripture but not canon like what's the difference why are these books evil to read are they going to lead you astray and here's really the reality is if someone desires to read them this is what they should consider and keep in mind is is if it takes the focus off the necessity of the gospel then toss it out period whether whether you just can't interpret that it does elevate the necessity of the gospel that that's okay but like if it if it takes your attention off of jesus and off of what christ did and his whole plan then then move on toss it out it it, it, like go back to the 66 okay and get more revelation okay but are uh so these books really aren't evil to read so how then were the 66 decided to be put together into uh and be called inspired and scripture well how would you determine someone's validity Try and, you know, discuss and, and reason together, really. Be like, okay, let me understand what you think. But uh, And so you got to like wrestle with it a little bit. The answer really is uh, between 80, 90, and 100. So this is about 90 to 100 years after Christ came on the scene, roughly. A group of Jewish scholars met in Jamnia. I said that word wrong, I'm sure. In Israel to consider matters relating to the Hebrew scriptures. It has been suggested that the canon of the Jewish scriptures was agreed here. Old Testament writings, that is, and answers for the New Testament. Well, the test they became tests. Huh, how about that? Testa meant tests became necessary to qualify it. And the five main tests that they had to pass, all five, to be considered uh, inspired or canon scripture before then they were moved on, moved forward on. Number one was it had to be apostolic. Does it come from an apostle? Number two, it had to be authentic. Does it have a ring of truth to it? Number three, it had to be ancient. There had to be, uh, it ha- has to have been used from the earliest times. So it wasn't like something that just showed up on the scene and, you know, 900 AD or something, you know. Um, number four, is it accepted? Are most churches using it? Uh, at least if it, and by number three, did it show up in 900 AD? It, like if it did, does it at least still continue to Hold true to the teachings, or is it taking somewhere else? So number four, is it accepted? Are most churches using it as well? And the number five, is it accurate? Does it come from an or does it conform to orthodox teaching of churches? So why is all this important? Well, I'm glad you asked, or I'm glad I asked, so I can answer that question. Uh, why does it matter that the books? Uh, why does it matter what books are canon and what which ones aren't? If if it's a canon, it's cons- if it's canon, it's considered to be divinely inspired. By God as inerrant text. How does that affect our thoughts and actions today, though? What if there were no rules for anything? Let's be real. Canons means. Canon means rule or measure. What if the sea had no measure of where it could flow? What if all the laws were just based upon op- our own feelings and opinions? What if truth is relative? what if it could be what uh, could you uh, could uh, you know you could be up could be down if there was no absolute truth in the measure of direction time or space it could be whatever you feel i'm i'm down but you're stuck on the ceiling like it, we have to have a, a something to line it up can a man kill and consume the flesh of another man and it be okay because you know for one of them this is his measure of what's okay? Well, his okay violates the other person's okay. So clearly, there's something that has to be uh, a, a guiding light in all of this. So how do we handle scripture when we read things we don't dis- we don't agree with? That's a good question to ask yourself. Is like, man, I I, the, I live you know in 2021, man. Like, there's stuff in the scripture that's very countercultural right now, and and maybe I feel like I want to believe what the culture is saying, and maybe Jesus isn't all this. Uh, judging guy that you know, like in all this weird stuff that the world wants to put on on the gospel. Well, here's the truth: is like, what if you are? What if? What if you're pro-choice? Then you read the scriptures explaining how that's wicked. What if you're pro-LGBTQAIAP plus? I'm trying to be respectful and say all of the initials that I know that exist currently, um, and and want to live a lifestyle like that right? Yourself, but you read scripture and it disagrees with that lifestyle and calls it sinful. What are you supposed to do with that? What if you uh, like to talk behind your friend's backs or your enemies and gossip because it's fun, but then you read scripture that God actually hates gossip and false witnesses? What if you think it's okay to have sex before marriage, but then find evidence in the word that that actually is not okay? So here's some answers like scripture as final authority. I'm gonna read you guys first Corinthians two five and uh jumping in some word here. There we go. Finally. Love it. First Corinthians two five, it says that your faith should should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Wow, that your faith should not stand in men, but in the power of God. You see we cannot add anything or take away anything from the Word of God. We don't want to have our mind and our worldview based upon our experiences because our experiences come and go. I mean, I'm like, I'm 36 years old, right? Like, I remember when the first... Uh, you know, what was it? Final Fantasy video game I played on the PlayStation, like Final Fantasy 7, I think was it was a one And like in the scenes. I'm like, just, man, this is so hyper realistic. Like, mom, come here. Look at this. Like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, like it, these look real. And now I now I tried to like replay the game recently. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's this classic, uh, you know, clip, but like these, this is not realism. Like, like so our, Our fleshly, our natural, our our worldly uh, experiences and perception of reality change over time. But God's word remains true. So even though we feel differently, it doesn't mean we can just add to the word of God to meet our comfort zone. The word of God is true and remains true. So how do we know if it is the word of God? Well, it's self-authenticating. It claims to be the word of God. So that's pretty good. The Bible should be allowed to speak for itself. The Bible should be able to testify on its own behalf. The witness of the Holy Spirit demonstrates the truthfulness of scripture. number two, we can examine the evidence that God has given. There are three lines of evidence for the truth of Jesus's claims, miracles, prophecy fulfilled, and his resurrection. We should do what Jesus's followers did, emphasize these areas of, uh, emphasize these, these three areas of evidence. Ultimately, we must taste and see for ourselves though. So how will you respond to his word? You see, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. Sin will destroy you. Christ Jesus died to save you. Repent and believe the gospel. Be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Abide in Christ and his body and the church and go and make disciples. That's really what it boils down to is that the word of God has been sustained for us through the the energy and the time and the countless uh, lives that have spent their entirety m- ensuring that the word of God remains true, remains unchanged, remains the gospel. And so this is so important for us to honor what has happened. I mean, like I said, the thing I can't get over, you guys, is how when the Dead Sea Scrolls came on the scene, I'm so pumped. I actually was at a bookstore, Easton's Bookstore up in Mount Vernon uh, the other day, and they had on the shelf um a copy of the Dead Sea Scrolls. No, but obviously it was a book. It wasn't. The, but anyway, and I was so excited because like, man, I I, I, I love that. When I was in fourth grade, my I asked my parents to get me a Thompson Chain reference Bible with all the archaeological discovery in the back of it because I just loved seeing the history that yes, there were people here, God, a God story and, and the story of Adam and Eve and all this stuff is like, it's all true. And it was so encouraging when the Dead Sea Scrolls came on the scene, though I wasn't even alive at that. That time because it proved 2,000 years later that not a jot not a tittle as they say not a line was changed over 2,000 years and that the texts were as you know uh a wise jedi would once say the sacred texts they were upheld they were sustained uh they were they were they were syndicated reproduced and distributed everywhere but it did not change so you know when you're looking at the word of god in the 66 books man you can trust them and anything else that you read outside of it i'm not saying don't read the book of Enoch. I'm not saying you can't read Maccabees. I'm not saying you can't read any of these other things. You know what? Like you can read all these second temple writings as long as they don't de, uh, detract, no, I don't know what the word is I'm trying to say. As long as they don't take you off the path that Christ came, paid the penalty for sin, and we have access to God the Father and restoration through him. Now there's so much more to the gospel than just that. But if anything else takes you off of that central focus of Christ crucified, you know, even as Paul said, I resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified his death and His resurrection. Because outside of that, everything else is pointless, really fruitless. If, if Christ didn't die, you know, we ought to be pitied. So with that, we need to be able to just take God's word, receive it, realize that we're in a process. And if we don't agree with it, man, that's okay. Just have the Lord work on our hearts. It's really hard to hear that, though. A lot of people, that puts a bad taste in their mouth. They're like, so you're telling me I just have to accept it? Yeah, I am. But it's because I believe God is real. I believe that God is, in his omniscient, infinite wisdom, knows what's up and what's going on and has the ability to speak life to us and sustain his word. And there's multiple sources of evidence that that tell us that we have the ability to trust his word because it has been sustained. I mean, and I'll close with this. Even... I believe it's a uh, um, the we there's by 600 times man I'm getting this off 600 times um, more pieces of evidence and documentation of historical um, writings ancient writings of the Word of God by oh by over 600 percent that's what it's 600 percent then even the fact that uh, you know Aesop's fables and uh, all these other ancient writings that everyone claim to be amazing and all that stuff which they're good they're 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 great but um we have so much more evidence that the word of god has been sustained and is true and is available for us so we can trust it as much as we can trust that you know a foot is a foot and a centimeter is a centimeter you know at least now (laughs) in our post you know 1700s life uh we can trust that the word of god is true and that it is a foot and it is good to measure our life by that, that's kind of the gist of it, but I have a lot more notes. If you'd like to look at my study notes, I have several links to different podcasts uh, and articles that I've I've read to kind of compile this information, which will be useful for you to learn how to study uh, your own stuff, your own content, and how to how to really find these answers for yourself and outside of just Google. Uh, again, I don't know if I'll ever you know have a have a sponsorship or whatever, but so free shout out. But Logos Bible Software, man, it is. It has changed my life. I got a, a old Scholars Edition way back when I was in Bible college in like two thousand one, and that was amazing and fun, and and it was kind of like a like the Google of the Bible and and commentaries before that was a thing. And so uh, now I, I've recently upgraded uh, to the Unseen Realm package, which is a. Uh, 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 portion of dr heiser's works all collected in some of his courses but as well as all the resources he utilizes or many of them to do the research he does and it wasn't too expensive it was a pretty decent deal in the grand scheme of what you're getting so i mean it still was it was a bit but there are free versions of the software for you to get started and so check out logos logos.com and and start that journey like it's been a tool that really has dramatically changed my ability to know the word of god and do my study, do my diligence. So that's all I have to say. If you want more information about, you know, the podcast, more information, how you get my access to my show notes and otherwise just uh, follow me on Instagram and uh, you, or check out the blog. I think these are now posting to like a WordPress blog. So that's kind of cool. I love it when it automatically does it. All right, that's it. Shalom guys. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information about the show, Kevin's work, Or you have questions or would like to be a guest on this podcast, please reach out to me directly on my Instagram at kevin.scott.johnson. I look forward to hearing from you. God bless.